listeners welcome to another great podcast i am satavisa with ai covering almost all the sectors on a global basis the financial industry is not far behind today we would explore how ai ml and big data analytics are helping in the growth of business value in the financial sector today we have with us midul mishra who works as a vice president with fidelity investments india Hello Mridul welcome to Analytics Insight it's a pleasure having you here Hello Satavisha thanks for inviting me it's a pleasure to be here Thank you now i'm really interested to know about your personal journey in leading the data science team at fidelity Absolutely so uh, my journey in fidelity started around 10 years back where uh, i joined one of the enterprise technology groups I started leading the data science team uh, around 5 years back but my journey on uh, the whole data science area started from college one of my earliest project uh, as part of my uh, engineering days was using artificial neural networks which became data uh, which became deep learning uh, a few years later uh in this in this journey at fidelity i have also uh, looked at different trends which has come in terms of uh, how ai will impact our life we have been able to solve multiple of these problems in fidelity uh, we have been able to look at customer support we have been able to look at uh, how uh, ai is impacting in terms of picking the stocks uh, overall in this journey i have had uh, some great learnings about where ai can help and maybe i will just go ahead and talk about what have been my learning in this journey also so uh, overall ai has been delivering lot of value to enterprises as well as to the general public and most of us in our daily life uses some kind of uh, ai in in their our mobile apps whether it is the photos which are recognizing faces whether it is google maps or searches or the voice assistant which we have at home but at the same time lot of news also comes about how something like alpha go uh, is playing the game better than human or alpha code is automating the code or protein folding has been done so there is lot of great progress which has been made in ai over last many many years now and it has become kind of part of our day to day job which is impacting our day daily life having said that uh, there uh, because i've been in, in the industry long enough i have also seen the kind of hype which was there around it uh, i was there when the deep learning was coined by jeff hinton in around 10 years back uh, in 2012 and i was uh, i still remember how uh, some of these things especially in the healthcare industry were supposed to be transformed completely and the expectation was that uh, uh, healthcare will be completely driven by ai systems of certain companies autonomous cars will be here not so easily in bangalore traffic but at least in more uh, structured roads uh, what we see and last year was a great example in the in, in the time of pandemic that lot of those promises which were made in terms of uh, the healthcare industry being replaced by ai or uh, autonomous cars driving us have are taking lot longer and some of these problems are possibly more difficult than what people thought initially will be there i um, specifically was referring uh, looking at one of the surveys which was done by mckinsey around 
impact which organizations are seeing with AI, uh, it's, it's low single digit adoption in terms of revenue increase is what they're saying. So overall, there has been great progress made from AI. Uh, they are impacting our day to day life, but uh, it, Somewhere the marketing of it has gone little ahead of the promise which it delivered. In a lot of ways, AI is still uh, working like uh, AI training is working like training the dog uh, type of uh, stage. It is not. Uh, it it can follow the command if you show it enough example, if you provide an, enough incentives, but it is not necessarily understanding the rules. It is still very much responding to the data which has been given. So when we get into a new scenario like what happened in the COVID time when the data was not available, the kind of impact felt like it, it needs to get better. So in a way, AI has delivered, but there is a lot of way to go, uh, where which I'm quite hopeful it will be over to, uh, able to do over the next few years. That sounds really interesting. Now, uh, I'm curious about what was Fidelity's journey in using AI, ML, and big data analytics? Absolutely. So, uh, Fidelity is a very interesting company in a way that we are a privately owned company. And our founder, uh, the current CEO, the Johnson family, has been very clear from last 75 years that we as an organization believe in taking intelligent risk instead of following crowd. So we have been uh, on this journey for many years now. We have dedicated teams which have been working on to it. And uh, in our journey, what we have realized also is that uh, there are very broad areas where we have seen value being delivered. Customer service is a great area. Uh, whether it is customer service in terms of uh, uh, calls which we are getting from our millions of customers or any kind of request which we are getting in terms of processing certain transactions. There is a significant role which AI is playing in all of them, how they get handled. We also are seeing the value which uh, in, you know, in our investment process, we have been able to deliver it using uh, uh, using AI, whether it is how we invest money in different asset classes or how do we go to the market and execute our uh, transactions, AI is playing a significant role. And one thing more which I will go ahead and possibly add is uh, the Fidelity India uh, is playing a significant role in the overall journey for Fidelity. Um, maybe an example will be that one of the product which is being built, which is primarily driven by AI, is called Safer. And uh, which is completely the data science part of it is being done out of India. Uh, that project is very interesting from the perspective that it is uh, on the regulatory technology space. And it looks at not only the text, but video and tries to find out if there is any kind of uh, regulatory red flags which will be there. So the great example of NLP and how AI can help. So overall, Fidelity has been doing a lot into it. Uh, Fidelity India has been contributing a lot in that Fidelity journey. We have more than 300 uh, analytics and data science professionals who have been working in India office for more than 10 years now delivering these value. It's amazing. Uh, now I would like to ask you how business value is being delivered by using AI and ML in this current scenario. Absolutely, yeah. 
So uh, maybe I'll take a few specific examples in terms of where the value is being delivered. So one of the example will be where I think there is a lot of uh, progress we have seen in, is in terms of the intelligent call routing part of it. And what happens is that if somebody is uh, browsing on our website and end up calling uh, our call center, we do have our AI engine which figure out where you were in the journey and guide you to the right customer agent, saving frustrating minutes being held, but also giving uh, better efficiency in terms of executing that call. Now, that all is possible because we are able to identify using NLP what user was doing and then link it to him calling that. We have also seen a lot of uh, value coming out of uh, fairly complex risk and compliance processes, and we are a fairly large uh, financial services company which has to uh, be responsible to multiple regulators globally, and the risk and compliance costs have been increasing significantly, and that's an area where we have seen a lot of value being delivered using AI uh, and ML technologies we have used. Considering we are a fairly large investment management company also, we have seen a lot of value being delivered in terms of looking through broad information which is available on the internet now, our social media, and trying to figure out what might be interesting ideas which we should be pursuing a lot further in terms of investment opportunities. So we have seen that also as an area where AI has delivered value. We have seen that the process itself, because of uh, the AI availability, has started changing. Earlier, uh, because of uh, lack of these technology and processing power, the best we could do is we could sample uh, rather than execute it on the whole uh, available data set. Uh, example will be like if you were looking for any suspicious mail, nobody could read through all of it because it was doing being done manually. They will sample certain mail, look at it, and if there is something wrong, uh, then they, uh, somebody will uh, follow that through. But because of uh, AI technologies being available, rather than sampling that, we can look at all the communication which is happening. We can not only look at the uh, uh, the text communication, we can look at the audio communication, and we can also look at it in more real time. So something which was manual would have taken somebody to look at it and come back after a few days, versus some of these technologies are allowing it to happen at a broader scale in near real time. That sounds great. Now, if you can give me your opinion on the emerging trends in this area and what do you think is the future of this sector? Absolutely. I think it's a very exciting area, uh, Satvita. So one thing which we have learned and which a lot of industry also calls it as a Moravec's paradox is that uh, there is uh, the way we should look at complexity is very different for computers versus human. Something which human Adult human consider complex doesn't necessarily need to be complex like linear algebra or playing chess or playing Go. Those problems have been solved by computers and assuming that just because computers can do difficult things which human consider difficult doesn't mean they can do simple things easier. What an infant can do or what a kid can do is not necessarily easier for computers. Computers still find it difficult to distinguish between a hot coffee and a cold coffee or move flawlessly. So what we realize is that how we should look at difficult problems should not be how we perceive uh, difficulty per se. 
the areas where we have started looking more in terms of emerging trends, certainly deep learning has been playing a key role in our uh, uh, application of uh, AIML. Whether it is the NLP or NLT area in terms of natural language or the computer vision, a lot of use cases which we have seen has been using that uh, particular uh, technology. The only thing with that is that uh, the deep learning requires a lot of data. Uh, and in the kind of industry which we have, the, the data availability sometimes become a challenge. So most of the areas which we have been uh, looking at in terms of emerging trend has been to see having the same level of accuracy. Can we use uh, more uh, newer techniques like self-supervised learning, which even having lesser number of uh, labeled data, can they give a similar result? Uh, we've also been kind of uh, very interested in what has been uh, coming around in terms of data-centric AI, where data takes a central role in terms of rather than the volume of data, quality of data becomes important, where smaller data sets are very useful and critical. A couple of specific technologies which we have been interested in and have been uh, uh, looking at it very closely in terms of how they can start either start impacting our processes now or in near future is around the reinforcement learning and the graph machine learning part of it. Uh, those uh, are showing tremendous potential from moving from classical machine learning to different ways of solving this problem. That sounds really interesting. Thank you for explaining it so well. Now, I would like to ask you, what are some of the challenges that you have faced in this industry and how you have handled it? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question again, uh, Satvisha. So I think uh, one of the biggest challenge which we've faced is, uh, uh, has been around the data availability, uh, because this whole paradigm works on good quality, large data availability. A uh, lot of times just making sure the data is clean, it is available at a one point has been the starting point for these projects. Uh, the key learning which we had and something which we have figured out now is to have uh, an enterprise data platform and there is a model ready uh, data stores which are available, which allows us to kind of create a platform view, which allows us to use these uh, uh, raw information to create these model pretty quickly. The other thing is, uh, has been around uh, the whole ethics, fairness, uh, and explainability part of it, which comes very very high for us in financial services industry. So we need to explain everything in terms of why a certain decision was being taken and why it was not biased. So we have defined a lot of tools, processes, and people whose job is to start looking at those angle very early in the life cycle of a model development and even before they go into production, how do we make sure that all the models which we are put, putting are fair, not biased and following certain uh, ethics standards. The other thing which we have uh, started uh, seeing from a challenge perspective also is around uh, kind of managing uh, the scaling part of it. A lot of these projects which we do have been around uh, start with an experiment, but someday need to be integrated in the larger business value ecosystem. Uh, initially, we had this whole problem of how do we 
take an experiment and then integrate it with the enterprise ecosystem. But over a period of time, we have been able to solve that problem, define a process, a framework and technology that uh, in a way kind of define guardrails. When does a POC start coming onto enterprise track to be integrated to deliver value? That sounds great. Now, lastly, I would like to ask you, what are the learnings that we can share with the individuals or organizations that are on this similar journey? Absolutely. Uh, so one uh, key learning which we had was that this is not uh, uh, AI machine learning adoption is not necessarily just a technology or a specific team's goal, or it cannot really be done like that. It's very different than traditional software development, which uh, which earlier used to be done in that uh, manner. It does require working very closely in a cross-functional team where there will be deep domain expertise working with the deep technical expertise along with the legal regulator, ethics, uh, business management team kind of working together to solve a specific problem which needs to move in iteration. So very close to an agile mindset where is one team owning it, continuously keeping track of uh, the progress, making quick decisions, realizing challenges and solving it quickly. And so the culture and mindset is possibly one of the most important thing for a successful AI project adoption, what we have seen. The other thing what we have seen uh, is around the whole organizational structure part itself. Uh, few years back, there was a lot of, uh, lot of hype around how AI will take away jobs, which created a very uh, fear-like mentality that this is the automation is going to take a lot of jobs, which started uh, pushbacks from different organizations. And now at least that conversations have died down and we've started realizing that it's a tool which assists. Uh, it can do some of the repeated tasks a lot more efficiently at scale, but it is not at the level where uh, it can start replacing uh, jobs, which is there. But an organizational structure where uh, people are aware that uh, this technology is just another tool which will help them do their job more consistently, more better. And there is a support which is coming from top to take this forward is something which is very important for success of a project like this. The third thing which we possibly have learned and I think is very critical is to uh, have slightly different development approach for uh, a project like this. A lot of these successful projects, what we have seen is kind of start as a as a small experiment which get done rather than starting with a large scale business case and then project uh, going through like a normal development life cycle. So in a lot of ways, what we have learned is there should still be uh, enough, uh, enough thought process around what is the business value? Where is the data? What are the use cases? But we should start with a fairly agile mindset that, Let's experiment with it. Let's look at the availability of data. Let's look at the quality of data. Let's look at the algorithms which are available. Generate a quick MVP, see the adoption, and based on uh, the feedback, let's uh, let's work around, tweak, and take it forward rather than having a fairly long 
time timeline where we say, okay, here are the requirements, build a system, and after six months, come back and show me what it is. So the development approach should also be very experimentation based with the right people involved into it. So that has been uh, another uh, uh, important learning. And the other thing is uh, some of these technologies have created a certain perception in terms of how they can impact society, whether it is the AI-based Terminator type of person who can come and kill people or the the whole perception that this is something which will create into mass unemployment. I think we have to start communicating very clearly that it is not that. It is just another tool which can help assist certain repeated tasks in a very narrow problem space which is really available. That sounds amazing. I'm sure this is definitely going to help all of our listeners too. And thank you, Mrithul, for joining us today. It was a pleasure talking to you.